Does it feel like year 12? Feels like year one. To be honest with you, I mean, every day or every year, you know, the first day of practice, it's just you know those that energy's there, the butterflies are there, the you know anticipation's there. So yeah, this feels like year one to me, not year 12. That's a young team. Yeah. A lot younger than you've had the last couple of years. Does that change anything from your perspective? Yeah, the way you have to approach it. Yeah, we we have to do a lot more stopping, a lot more teaching, a lot more correcting, uh, a lot more uh, drills to build habits. And you know, and, and not that that's not important with a veteran team as well. But you you have to. I think the attention to detail uh, with the with a younger team is you have to show them. You know, number number one. You know, when the mistake happens, but. And hopefully then that carries over to the next day when maybe they make the same mistake, but you don't have to correct it because they recognize it before you even correct it. And then hopefully day three, the mistake doesn't happen. I mean, that's, it's a process and uh, habit building is a process. And that's what we're in the process of doing, especially with some of our young guys and, and, and more so on the defensive end than the offensive end. Look, these guys are all gifted offensive players. They wouldn't be here, you know, if they weren't. But uh, defensively, sometimes, you know, being the best player on their high school team, maybe they weren't asked to guard the best player on the other team, or they didn't have to guard a really talented guy in high school. Well, in college, they're going to have to, in fact, 12, they're going to have to guard talented guys. So the defensive uh, transition from, from high school basketball to college basketball is always the biggest. Did Costa Rica breed the results you were hoping along with those summer practices? Uh, you know, in certain in certain cases, you know, it did. I mean, again, the competition wasn't what we needed it or wanted it to be, but that's, you know, it was just a result of where we went. Um, it, 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 I think, was some great benefits in terms of our bonding, our getting to know each other, uh, uh, our off-the-court kind of chemistry. And, and are on the court. I thought in Costa Rica, one of the positive things that happened with even the blowouts was we we played unselfish basketball offensively. You know, a garbage time when the game was in the balance, I thought our guys still tried to play the right way. So there's some really good things that came out of that. But, you know, what didn't come out of it, you know, I think we get, we probably get more going against each other in practice than we got out of those games. But, uh, and that's where the 10 practices were, were beneficial. And I, I can't imagine where we would be today if we didn't have the Costa Rica trip. Like where we are today is light years ahead of where we would be if we didn't have those 10 practices this summer. I uh, want to ask about Eli Parquet, senior yeah. now, um, does a lot, all those little things. I know you love to preach. Yeah. Uh, as a senior, he was, he's kind of a quiet guy. Yeah, he uh, is. Does he have to be more vocal for yes. the team this year? Yes, he does. Eli and I have talked about that. And, uh, again, sometimes, you know, growth only be, only happens when you, know, you get out outside of your comfort zone. And Eli's comfort zone is to be quiet. Some guys' comfort zone is to talk all the time. We got a, we got a few of those, but we got to talk on the floor, and that's where Eli's. I, I think he's made some some progress in that area. With him, uh, you know, he, he did pretty well offensively last year in, in yeah. limited chances. Uh, do you need more from him on offense? Does he need to look for a shot more? No, I wouldn't say that. I think Eli just needs to take good shots, just like he did last year. The reason he had a good year offensively last year is he took good shots. He didn't force things. And I, I've said this, I mentioned this to Eli in our meeting uh, that I had with him, you know, last week. Uh, I thought he did a good job last year as I watched more film 
from last year's team, you know, he made some really good plays for us at the end of shot clocks. When the ball was in his hands and, you know, five seconds to go and he's got to make a play, he, he's capable of making plays. Um, so we know he can do that um, at the end of the shot clock. But he doesn't need to do anything outside of just who he is, you know, and, and he doesn't need to be somebody that he's not. Just take great shots, take care of the ball, make the right decisions at the right times. And that's what we're getting, we're really trying to teach and preach right now is, is make good decisions offensively. And when you make good decisions, good things happen. You know, you had a point guard last year that played heavy minutes and then mm -hmm. Keyshawn could step in. Uh, you know, assuming Keyshawn's the guy this year, who kind of runs the offense when he's not in the game? And is that something you got to figure out here in the preseason? I look, I look at our point guard position as a kind of a three-headed monster. Um, Keyshawn and KJ and Julian. All three of those guys are very capable. Uh, Keyshawn obviously has more comfort level in the program, in the terminology, in everything that we're doing because he's been here for three years. So his comfort level and, and execution level might be a little bit higher than KJ's and Julian's right now, and it should be, you know. But KJ and Julian are going to be big parts of it as well. So I look at it as a three-headed monster, not one guy taking over from McKinley, right? Keyshawn certainly is uh, capable, but KJ and Julian are capable as well. And those guys will sometimes play together in the backcourt as well. I mean, Eli's, obviously we know how good a defender he is. Uh, you know, we can play a three-guard lineup at times. Uh, not that we'll do that all the time, but uh, I look at it as a three, uh, a three-pronged approach when it comes to replacing McKinley, and not, not just one guy. You know, so it's, there's not like an heir apparent. But Keyshawn's doing some really, really good things. Hearing his voice has uh, has been and been really good. He's he's again, I've mentioned it before. He's had a great off-season and. I think he's poised for a breakout year. Obviously, you're focused on the guys out there, but you're curious about Javon and just kind of how mm -hmm. he, his recovery's coming along. It's coming along. You know, I keep waiting for every time I think it's going to be a week or two, which now it's going to be three. I don't, I, I don't, until the guy's ready to go, he's not ready to go. <laughs> and um, so, you know, I'm, we're, we're anxious to get him out there, um, but. Uh, you know, I, you know I, again, in my meeting with him, I told him, you know, you, you can't get a little bit pregnant. You can play or you can't play. <laughs> and uh, right now he can't play. He can do some things, but he can't play. So we're looking forward to the day he can play. I don't know when that's going to be. Um, obviously, that's going to be dependent upon his knee and the doctors and the trainers. And um, I stay out of that. I just, when they tell me, hey, he's ready to play, okay. Then, well, then, then I can answer questions about Javon, but until then, I don't, I don't know. But we're anxious for him, and I know he's anxious. Have you sat down much with Quincy Allen since the surgery? Just, I mean, how is he mentally, spiritually after yeah. that kind of setback? I think he's doing okay. You know, it's hard. It's, it's not easy being on crutches. I mean, it'll be nice when those are done because now he can walk around and at least be one of the guys. You know. Um, but yeah, it's it's difficult. Uh, but Quincy's processed it. I think he's accepted it, and, and I think he's doing okay. Um, uh, I don't have any reason to believe otherwise. But uh, Quincy's a, a tough kid. He's a good kid. Um, comes from a great family. He's got good support, you know, from his teammates. And even though he's you know he's from D.C., so he's a long ways away from home. But um, he knows his teammates care about him. And, 
and our training staff, I think, does a really good job of, of uh, giving these guys a lot of attention when they are hurt and, and helping them through the rehab process. So that's that's some of the things sometimes that goes unnoticed is the job that Raleigh Klingsmith and his, his staff do for kids that aren't playing, guys like Javon and guys like Quincy because they're spending a hell of a lot more time with them than I am or even our coaches are. And, and Javon's a little different, obviously, because we plan on him coming back and playing this year. Quincy, we know, won't. Um, but uh, but what, what's kind of, I, I, you know, I look at Evan Batty out there. And if Evan doesn't have the redshirt year as a freshman, he's not out there. What a, what's a, what a blessing it is to have a fifth-year senior like Evan Batty. So if we can kind of fast forward the clock with Quincy on that, you know, I think in the long run it might be a better thing for him in terms of his development as a player because he can watch and see and learn this year without burning a year of eligibility and, and uh, hopefully getting back healthy. We're, uh, we, he's an elite-level athlete. That's one thing we, we uh, found out in the five practices we had with him. On Evan, you know, he, he made a couple threes. Uh, is, is, is he like a three-point threat at this point? Absolutely, yeah. Evan's worked on his three-point shot a lot. He's a true inside-outside guy. That's, you know, Lawson's uh, working on that as well. Not that we're going to run run plays to get Evan threes, but it's going to come as a result of who's guarding him and his ability to stretch the floor and his ability to put the ball on the floor something Evan's really, really good at. So I don't, I don't expect him to take, you know, high volume threes, but when he's open, his feet are set. You know. And again, one of the things we, we, we have is we have what we call green light, yellow light, red light shooting. So through our shooting drills that we do between now and November 9th, guys will either earn their green light to shoot from three or they won't. How, how, how do those work? So we have a system in place that if they get their green light, anytime they're open from three, they let it fly. You've got the green light to let it go. If they don't get the green light and there's the, a second tier of, of shooting, it's all done based on percentages, uh, they have the yellow light. Yellow light means you, you can let it go, but if it doesn't go in, you're coming out of the game. So caution. Then there's a red light where you better not shoot. And if you do, you're coming out of the game whether it goes in or not. You have, you do, you have the right to shoot. So it's, a, it's not subjective. It's all objective. Again, and that's why I tell our players, they tell me who can shoot threes. I don't tell them who can shoot threes. And Evan has gotten his green light. So when he's got his feet set, let it fly. Because he's proven it in practice. You don't, I mean, a lot of guys think they can shoot, but the numbers don't say they can shoot. We make that pretty clear to them. Thanks, Coach. How's the uh, the transition to, to college ball treating you? Uh, it's good now. I mean, I've had months to prepare. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Especially the Costa Rica practices, so they helped me kind of experience how it was. I know today's the first day, but it was a little similar. Yeah. So, yeah, now from that point and today, I feel like the transition is just getting easier and easier. Is it what you expected coming out of high school or, or different uh, in some ways? Yeah, yeah. I knew, I knew coming out of high school uh, – I relied on my athletic ability a lot of times to bail me out. Here you can't do that, you know. Um, there's a lot of technique, especially in defense. Um, so I just knew coming in that I had to learn a lot, learn actually how to, uh, like, 
almost actually how to play basketball the correct way, you know. And but yeah, all the techniques and stuff, uh, all the plays, I knew that was gonna come. But yeah, no. I'm learning it well, adjusting good. Are there some aspects you feel like today you're better at than when you first got on campus? For sure. I, like I said, defense-wise, um, coach loves stress of defense. And before, I just all I knew was man defense, really. But I didn't know all these different sets, uh, playing in the gap. Uh, obviously, I knew help, but here it emphasizes it a lot more. So I would just say defense. I've been getting better and better and stressing a lot more. I don't want to speak for you. I'd imagine you came in with the mindset that you're going to play a big role on the team yeah. this year. When Mason leaves, does that change any urgency within you? Just, uh, okay, I really do have to kind of be ready. Uh, yeah, for sure, because, uh, you know, coming in, I, I expect to contribute right away. And uh, Mason leaving, it just... Uh, made that opportunity even higher. But with me, I'm willing to put some weight on my shoulders and contribute as a freshman as much as I can. I mean, that's what I wanted. Yeah, I mean, yeah. so, like I said, Mason leaving, it just made that happen and probably made the opportunity uh, more out there for me. So, yeah. Having a lot of young guys around you, does that help as well just because you are going kind of through the same transition that they are? Yeah, yeah, for sure. Uh, I got guys that I can learn with. Uh, you know, we got great vets on this team, you know, who take us under their wing and teaching us everything that they know and they've learned when they were freshmen. But uh, not only me, but the, being able to, you know, have other guys with me, other freshmen, um, we get to learn together. I just feel like that makes the chemistry even better. What, uh, who's leading this team? Uh, you know, obviously McKinley was a big leader mm -hmm. on this team. Who's kind of filling that void? Uh, for sure, Evan. Evan, Eli, and Keith, for sure. I mean, they're the most experienced guys on this team. I would expect that, uh, you know, they know the most. They voice this team, but at the same time, uh, us young guys, we, we want to have that voice too, you know, and coaches making sure that we use our voice as well. So, I mean, honestly, the seniors and, and Keith, they're really the leaders, but... I mean, us, us, us uh, underclassmen, you know, looking to be that role too. You mentioned defense, and, and Eli is not the most vocal guy, but yeah, is that a guy you kind of watch how he does things just from, yeah, from that? Yeah, for sure. Of I, I definitely, I definitely have been around Eli a lot, just picking his brain, uh, just seeing what he does so I can learn quickly. Um, and to me, you know, once you get to know Eli, he talks a lot. So, like on the court, it may seem like he's not talking, but. He, if if I'm at the hot post and he's over here at the low post, he's always communicating. He's always helping me. And then after the play is dead, if there's something I need to learn or something that you know I may have done wrong, he always pulling me to the side and you know telling me what to do. So yeah, for sure, Eli's been uh, very vocal, even though it doesn't seem like it, he he is for sure. How would you kind of compare your strengths and weaknesses with with Julian and what he kind of brings to the table as a freshman guard? Yeah, yeah, for sure. Uh, Julian is a hell of a shooter, you know. Uh, I didn't know too much about Julian uh, coming in, but you know, just getting the chance to guard him, he's a great offensive player and as well as a great defender. And I feel like me and him just going head to head, uh, each practice is not only making us better, but the team better. So yeah. Obviously, the competition wasn't that great down in Costa Rica, but yeah. What, what did you take away from that? What was your your best part of that experience? Uh, just like how the playing style is really, you know, playing with sets, playing uh, playing uh, out of certain plays, uh, just getting a feel. Uh, really, even though the competition wasn't that great, beginning to feel like how playing time is, you know, just how a game is actually played. You know, it's good to get that experience 
it's good to get that feel, uh, run through plays with somebody other than your teammates, just playing a different opponent, stuff like that. How much different do you think today would have felt if you didn't have those summer practices in, in the trip? Well, I wouldn't know what I would uh, be coming into. I probably would uh, barely be learning the plays right now. Uh, I probably uh, wouldn't know as much drills. Those practices were really, really uh, crucial and essential to us, and I'm glad we got it to take advantage of it because a lot of schools didn't really get to have those. So uh, by us having them practices, I mean, got to learn plays faster, um, got to run through drills quicker. So now, now when the season is actually starting, we're already prepared for them, what, we, what we've been practicing for.